Daphne Barak. Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Hey, once again, that is the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we have an exciting show. We're going to jump right into it because we've got an author who wrote a book, and the name of the book is To Plea or Not to Plea. The story of Rick Gates and the Mueller investigation is by Daphne Barak. And she is an exciting storyteller. She's had some uh, great success stories like Saving Amy, talking about uh, Amy Winehouse. She's also uh, done documentaries, television shows, just a remarkable woman. And you can check out her website. And we got a link to her book at Amazon right here. And now let's get her on to the phone. And of all the subjects and all the topics we could talk about, I'd rather talk to no one other than Daphne, because of what's going on with impeachment of President Trump and what's going on with the Ukraine, what people know, what they don't know. And I think Rick Gates is someone who's shed a lot of light, and nobody's talking about it. But Daphne is. She's got a book about it. So, uh, Daphne, tell us exactly why you wrote this book. So that way you know it's a, my fifth book, and I usually it's a very good question. And I usually interview, as you know, um, you, of course you've heard about my right. first book, Saving Amy with Amy Winehouse, uh, which the film inspired by it, won an Oscar, and usually my big interviews with, by the way, my sometime partner, Liz Murdoch, the daughter of the owner of Fox and Wall Street okay. Journal of New York Post, and Michael Jackson, Liza Minnelli, Eric Clapton, of course, head of state. So it's not my usual book. Why did I write it? Very good question. Because, as you said, Rick Gates, it's been never six publicity. He's been a very important guy, uh, but always in the shadow. He was a guy when Eric Trump introduced him to me and my husband, Billy Nasty. He actually asked us to be delegates. You remember that at the time, uh, although Donald Trump nailed the enough delegates to be the Republican nominee, Ted right. Cruz didn't like it, right? So he was trying to steal delegates for free lunch or dinner. So. What the Trumps did, they asked uh, close friends of them, uh, like Bill and myself, to be delegates. And he just sent me an email, Daphne, I want you to meet Rick Gates. He's in charge of the delegates. Wow. And uh, Rick, I want you to meet Daphne. She's been a close friend of the Trump family for years, very special friend. And that's it. So that we didn't become friends. That's the time that Paul Manafort, as you remember, became the campaign right. manager of Trump. And yeah. Rick Gates was his number two. We talked yeah. several times on the phone. When we came, when we learned to know him was really when, um, you know, one of the Trump family asked me to go and uh, sample their new hotel, now very famous hotel, the Trump DC. 
right. uh, the Trump International in Washington, D.C. It was um, on the January 1st, on the new year, just, you know, um, 20 days before the inauguration. Right. And it was sort of like a rehearsal, uh, like a, a rehearsal dinner before the big, before the big wedding. I mean, huh. the General Mikhail was trying the balloons, you know, Right. Trying, you know, if the menu was right, and it was uh, my, I took my brother and my husband, Ryan Prebus was there, and they, as they, of course, we were treated as VIP. Suddenly, I hear somebody screaming, uh, "Daphne, Daphne!" And uh, I find a couple of the people from uh, the campaign who knew me, of course, uh-huh. and uh, suddenly somebody sitting there with a computer writing a speech and say, "2 a.m. in the morning." And he say, "Hey, we talked so many times on the phone. My name is Rick Gates." So, so that was the first time to actually meet Rick, uh, just before the inauguration. Uh huh. And he was the most important guy to know if you weren't somebody like me who was a friend of, of Donald Trump, right. because we were staying with a with a family and friends at their hotel. We were invited everywhere. But usually, if you really needed an invitation to the inauguration event, right. one of the of the you know candlelight dinner with then elect uh, President Donald Trump and the uh, vice president elect Mike Pence. Marie Gates was a guy. He was a deputy of a mutual friend of Trump and myself, billionaire, billionaire Tom Barak, who was the chairman of the inauguration. And even, you know, people who wanted the, a job in the government, they would say, Rick, would you give it to the transition team? And he was doing it happily. He was very likable. Well, uh, and, Daphne, I'm going, and, to, I'm going to stop you right there just because I know listeners have been listening over the years. They know... I was there also at the Republican National Convention as a delegate from Mississippi, and oh, great. and I was you there. At, I was there at the inauguration. So I, I but I, all my listeners know, I didn't. I didn't get to rub shoulders with people you were. So I'm glad you're giving us the inside. I gave them the inside of what I saw, but but I didn't get to rub the shoulders with everybody like you're t- talking about. So uh, please continue your story. I just want our listeners to, to understand that. You did that. your part. You did yeah, your part. I was right? there. I was there. I stood in rain and cold for five hours to hear that speech at the inauguration. So that's why I wanted you to uh, tell your story because my listeners are getting a better insight from what I told them. So, so please go ahead. And the book is very different from what people say. I mean, I told the president, uh, we, I was writing it, and my bill was, bill is coming with his own foreign policy book in January, uh, okay. Trump, Erdogan, and Game Changers. So we, they knew about both Melania and Donald talked about it. And the book is very different. There are very funny, juicy stories. Uh-huh. There are also romantic stories inside the real relationship with Donald Trump and Melania. There's a cruel story about how Ted Cruz betrayed Trump, and there was an agreement nobody knew about. Hmm. And, um, you know, betrayed it like a, like a torsion horse, really the last second. And you were in the convention. You remember that, right? I, I remember that. Did. I was there at the convention, and, and on the night that Ted Cruz spoke, and I, I know a lot of folks, you know, at the convention booed Ted Cruz, didn't like him. The night after he spoke, uh, I actually I saw a Ted Cruz's father, uh, who's a pastor, and and a lot of people were booing him. And I said, well, no, come on. I, I grabbed some delegates from the Hawaii delegation, and we got together and we prayed over uh, Ted Cruz's father just to 
showed that hey, we need some unity here. We got to win an election. Exactly. And so exactly, I'm with you. So so that and, that's my little input there. But I, I I love what you're telling us. So please please continue on, Daphne. Yeah, exactly. So basically, what you, what you and I didn't know, and I'm very close to the family. I didn't know until I wrote this book, and it's also a CBS News exclusive, as you know. Uh, so it's also television. I didn't know that there was an agreement between uh, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, uh, Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, Jared Kushner were in the, and Ted's wife, Heidi, uh, were in in the know. Uh, where you know they agreed about exactly, and the last second, he just you know uh, he ensured himself he would have a prime time, as you remember on television, uh, the best evening, the key evening where the Nominees basically saying, uh, I'm, "I'm, you know, thank you for uh, nominating me." And boom, he just right. uh, broke the agreement. And mm-hmm. that also a, a very juicy story about what's the real personal reason for the hatred between Mitt Romney and Donald Trump. Uh, there is a very, very uh, funny story how Mike Pence almost didn't get the nomination because when he was auditioning. Uh, to be the running mate, and uh-huh. he wasn't the leading one. You remember there was Newt Gingrich, there was right. Chris Christie. So when he was uh, auditioning in Bedminster, that we just saw Trump there a few weeks ago um, for a private dinner, he, you know what Trump loves more than anything? Two things, golf uh-huh. and junk food. I'm not talking about Melania. Of course he loves Melania. But besides yeah. Melania, he loves two things, golf and junk food. And uh, apparently... He said to Regate, oh, my God, Pence is the, the most horrible golf player ever. Oh, well. And then, uh, to top it, uh, he was very gracious. Trump is a, knows how to be gracious and charming when he wants to. And uh-huh. he was ordering food to Pence and the other, uh, you know, players. Uh-huh. And you know what it is, hot dogs, uh, cheeseburger, fries. Well, I've heard, I've heard that's what President Trump likes and, and does, but I, I'm glad you're confirming that. <laughs> Absolutely, and Pence stood there, you know, look how gracious Trump was, yeah. stood there and said, oh, no, 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 I cannot eat that. My wife would never, <laughs> doesn't want me to eat such unhealthy food. <laughs> I want a chicken salad. And you can imagine Trump's face, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that almost cost him the vice presidency, huh? <laughs> a very, 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 yeah, exactly. Oh. There's a very juicy story nobody knows. And also the beautiful relationship that my husband and I witnessed the last several months in uh, although I know Donald since I was 20, since Rupert Murdoch brought me uh, to America to be the interview of Fox 5, but, uh, we became much uh, closer to him and uh, to Melania, actually, during the several months, uh, last several months when I was writing the book, and I did tell him. And people don't understand. She's not a beautiful uh, wallflower. She's a beautiful woman. Right. But she is a 50-50 uh, partner with him. We are talking... He really, you know, he loves Ivanka, the old friend of mine, but he really loves her more than anything. He's very proud of her. He trusts only her 100%. And, and we have been witnessing private conversation that he was whispering to my ear, and I was whispering because he didn't want people to read my lips in the last several months. And he really trusts only her. And we're talking about two levels of trust. One, that he knows that she will never backstab him. And after all these Omarosa and Cliff Sims, Taping there, it's taping him behind his back. People are writing books against him. Uh-huh. I mean, you cannot blame the go- uh, poor guy. But secondly, I have to tell you, I have to share with you and your listeners that uh-huh. he also respects her judgment about people. That's very important. And I, CBS, who kicked off my book four weeks ago, did reveal that the book revealed that Melania was the one who picked Mike Pence for the president because 
she felt as though she liked uh, she liked Newt Gingrich. You know, he was the leading candidate of Jared and Ivanka, and for good reasons. I love Newt as well, but she mm-hmm. felt that because Newt Gingrich and Chris Christie were presidential candidates themselves, they would patronize their husband, or they would already think about the next run, their mm-hmm. next run. She said, Mike Pence would be, quote-unquote, loyal to the presidency. And, and they, you know, he listened to her. The book says, baby, baby, what do you think, what do you think? And Bill and I witness it ourselves, so wow. in our private conversation. So it's a well, very different book of what you think. Yeah. But I know you want to talk about the impeachment, right? Well, I do, but I, when you just said that, I want to say that 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 really confirms Melania, and, and because I think Mike Pence has been a super vice president that's really held together uh, the Trump coalition. I know, like the evangelicals, is such a big part of what put Trump in the office, and I believe that I don't know if they really trusted Trump, but they trusted Mike Pence. That is endeared them. Very valid argument. I agree with you. And so I think Melania, and after you t- said that story, it makes me. Uh, appreciate Melania even more. That might very well be the reason that he has Mike Pence as his vice president. Absolutely, and uh, and Bill and I have witnessed uh, private conversations that he asked her, you know, what do you think? Uh, uh, and you know, and she tells him. I mean, my husband's uh, upcoming book, which I would love you to interview him. It's okay. a different. It's the same publisher in UK and Australia. And it's a different publisher in U.S. Uh, mine is a shit. This is a postal. Is actually about, as I said, Erdogan, Turkey, Syria, and very, very time wise. Uh, and, and he's the only one to speak with the, both yeah, Turkish well, President Erdogan and Trump uh, be, uh, privately because of my relationship. And he's the one who gave the advice to Trump to really uh, talk to uh, Erdogan uh, directly. Mike Pompeo and his wife Susan hosted us at home, and Mike said, "Oh, it was you. Now I know what's going on." But but a, why am I telling you? Because even about such a serious, you know, crucial issue. Yes. Uh, when my husband told uh, um, the president, you know, you should do so and so, uh, before he went, you remember, to the G20 in Argentina, and then yeah. he really talked to Erdogan directly and decided to pull out of Syria right. later on. He, huge um, decision, Mel- yeah. Melania, Melania interfered, but, I mean, she was welcome to interfere by, by her husband, and she said, that's right. You know, I mean, I'm not going to quote exactly what she said because it was a private conversation, but the essence of it was that I told you to, to deal with this leader directly, not through a go-between or, or ambassadors or State Department uh, and so on. So basically, even in such a very, very crucial issue, she weighed in and he listened. Well, see, that, that you're giving a side of Melania that just is so important for, because I, I know the press just tears her up i mean she's a beautiful first lady and and everything i've heard is that she's smart and and i mean that's what you're verifying and and maybe one of the most uh, important first ladies we've ever had and i'm sure she is because the way trump is uh, moving around in the world and draining the swamp difficult for her people don't get it i mean there is a person there which i mentioned in my book and you, you would know it is. I just don't want to, I don't like it too bad mouth. But basically, there is a person that she considered a friend, a girlfriend. And uh, somehow, you know, they were so betrayed by the Omarosas of the world that, mm-hmm. you know, this person collaborated with uh, Michael Cohen, who betrayed them as oh, well. Wow. And yeah. uh, she was Melania's friend. And uh, for some reason, I mentioned her. I said, yeah, the one of the chapters of the book. Uh, is inside the, investig- uh, the investigation, the Mueller investigation, is the first inside 
the Mueller investigation. That's why it was so it's so big. And I said, you know, I, I, I remarked something well about your ex-friend, and she corrected me. She touched my hand, and she's so demure. She's so beautiful. She's so well-mannered, but you could see how hurt she is. And she said, no, Daphne, my ex-ex-friend. And you could oh, see my. the pain. Mm-hmm. You could see the pain. So the, the hatred against her husband is basically catching people hate her with no reason. And mm-hmm. they're both, by the way, the, the gossip about the relationship is really silly. They've never been more united. They, they with us, they laugh, they talk. And you could see how united, united because they really love each other and respect each other, but also because of all these betrayals, the books against them, the tape. They, they're just united also by loneliness. Can you imagine? Oh, I, I'm glad you're pointing this out for our listeners because, I mean, she just takes a, you know, just horrible way to press is treating her and, and uh, people talking behind the back and saying it's not a real marriage and all this and all this stuff that's just uh, baloney. And I'm glad you're you're here to uh, let our listeners know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You're right. We got so much in that book, but I did want to uh, get to the Rick Gates and uh, yeah, and, 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 and very good. And and by the way, he's sentencing. I was doing a book signing yesterday in San Diego when I flew back from Mar a Lago. Um, uh-huh. By the way. I have to brag. I'll, I'll text message you afterwards. Okay. Uh, we were we were we saw Trump, of course, three days in a row, and on the last day, uh, my husband had the, uh, uh, you know, heads with not with Mega, uh, not with the Make America Great Again, but with Trump Game Changer, which actually the name of his book. You know, a friend of us did the logo for us because of my husband's book, and uh-huh. Trump came and signed each one of them. Could you imagine? Oh wow! Well, my friend, my, my listeners, huh? yeah, I, I'll tell you one. But I wanted to take it. But I really wanted to talk to tell you. So I was doing this book signing yesterday in San Diego, and we flew from our lago, and I said, "Daphne, let me break in right now. I do want to hear what happened at the right after the book signing, and we're going to let you tell us in just a minute. But let me remind our listeners: you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on WebTalkRadio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have everyone here, our listeners. Tell your friends and neighbors and get a link to this show because Daphne is telling us some some fantastic information, and this is where you won't get this information anywhere else. But right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics, we're talking about Daphne's book. We do have a link to it if you go to our front page of uh, this radio broadcast and also on the front page you'll see a picture of a book called bedrock truce and that's the book that doc holiday wrote along with dr alveda king and dr alex mcfarlane if you don't have that book bedrock truce uh, you can click on a picture of that it'll take you to my website and you can order that book we'd love to get it out to you we always have a we also have a book about israel i got a chapter in that book that you can also order so hey it's christmas season time to uh get some gifts out so we'd be glad to get those out to you if you go to our website and now we're going to let daphne tell us about what happened after she had the book signing out in san diego you know the sentencing of free gates would be in december 17th we are today in december 4th right uh-huh. and mike flynn is expected to have a sentencing at december 18th do you remember when they were indicted more than two years ago, they've been begging both of them to get sentencing, whatever it takes, you know, just yeah. let's go back to our life. Let's, you know, yeah, no. get it done. I mean, uh-huh. the way the Mueller team treated these people, it was so cruel. I mean, really like mafia tactics. I mean, Rick Gates, 
look, none of them is saint. You know, Paul Manafort did a bad thing, Gates did a bad thing, Mike Flynn did a bad thing, but I mean, what Manafort and Gates were charged to begin with has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do with their activity. Uh, they were working to the former uh, president of Ukraine. They, yeah. Uh, this, this to was, be elected. He was ousted in 2014. I gotta say, this what happened years before. With, with Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and I guess one of the questions in this story of Rick Gates, I, I mean, everybody wants to know, I mean, how, uh, how did that information about Gates and Manafort working in the Ukraine, how did that information get out of Ukraine after all these years? Was it the Clinton campaign that helped maneuver that information to come out? I mean, I know what they pled guilty, and I know uh, mm-hmm. they're guilty to that. But I mean, it has nothing to do with Donald Trump, like he said. Well, the FBI, the FBI actually uh, started to investigate the whole thing with Manafort earlier on, and they didn't feel they wanted to waste the time and money and the energy, so they left it alone. Okay. Well, I mean, April suddenly, Paul Manafort is being appointed to be in charge of the delegate of Donald Trump, yeah. the leading candidate at that point, and then. When they fire Corey Ludwinsky, he is becoming the campaign manager. Boom! The most, the biggest priority of the FBI is suddenly Paul Manafort and Rick Gates and what they did in Ukraine. Two, three years of actually, actually, they when they were there, that's when when Hunter Biden was there. That was on the water of Obama. They were there 2010. 11, 12, 13, 14. So suddenly it's the most important thing. Also what Flynn, if you remember, the, the judge was screaming at him and was uh, and refused to uh, go on with his sentencing a year ago on December right. 18th. It was his relationship with a Turkish uh, a millionaire, right. with a friend of the Turkish president. What does Trump have to do with that? And see that, you know, it makes you want to know why not the FBI. I mean, it's, it looks like it's pure politics. I know when I was at the uh, Republican convention for my show, I got you on my show. I had I had General Flynn interviewed General Flynn for my show, and you know just seemed rock solid American. And then all these charges against him, and and you just think they had the Obama administration who who had fired General Flynn. Uh, it's just like they. It's almost if I would not believe it if somebody said the CIA and everybody set him up to do these things just so they could uh, have something against him. I, I don't know. It's just, that's what I know if you're no, I wanted to tell you something uh, that Steve Bannon, uh, I know I told Trump that I'm getting a text from Steve Bannon. I know they fell out and I cannot blame Trump because Bannon really did uh, shut himself in the foot with this, uh, with collaborating with this uh, crazy gossip book, Fire and Fury, and I don't understand it. But on the other hand, he's very he's brilliant about other things. And, you know, 20%, 30% of what he's saying is, is brilliant. So, yeah, um, I agree. So he text messaged me something that you love. Okay. Uh, you remember there was a trial of Roger Stone, right? And, right, uh, Roger Stone. You remember, Roger Stone, what, he's a, almost a 70 years old. You remember, how many, like 20 FBI agents uh, uh, raiding his yeah. home? Yeah. In Florida, at early in the morning, as if we are talking about a, a cartel boss. I mean, that yeah. is crazy. And so, yeah. the CNN team, a CNN crew, just happens to be there at yeah. five thirty in the morning. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you beat me, right? Yeah. So, so I didn't understand. Uh, I mean, from thirty thirty five million dollars that we spend, you and I, and on your listener, we are the taxpayers. You're right. On, on the Mueller report. Mueller, 
uh, and his people, which was more like a Weissman team, not a Robert Miller, we have to get to there, uh, basically, why are we spending all this money to go after Roger Stone? So he said he talked to WikiLeaks. You and I know he's colorful. He probably lied. He didn't. He just needed right. attention from Donald Trump because he was fired and he felt upset. He said, oh, I know something that I can save your campaign, you know? All right. right. So then on, uh, and Rick Gates were forced to be the key witnesses against him. Now, uh, Rick did not want to do that. Rick uh, had to do, by the way, one thing I have to tell your listeners, and, and I okay. got a lot of uh, responses yesterday uh, in the book signing. Uh, to plea or not to plea, when I went into the book, I said, oh, it's probably, you have, you, it can happen to all, to each one of us. You are, you're suddenly in the middle of the biggest investigation. The government wants your head because they want you to plea against somebody bigger. And I said, probably it's the worst, one of the, Worst two choices. It's like between AIDS and and to choose between AIDS and cancer, right? You don't want either. Mm, right. But no, what I found out when I started to work with Rick is, no, if you are the one that the government is going after, you have no choice, nothing. I mean, the moment Rick Gates decided to to fight, and he said from day one, no Russian collusion, right? right. And he didn't change it. He did not flip against Trump at all time. He said no Russian collusion. He, he almost lost his plea deal because of that. But the moment he decided to fight, and that would be the, the you know, the natural thing for you and I and your listeners. Well, we all would want to fight, They yeah. doubled the charges, you remember, suddenly. He ran out of money. He never made the millions of Paul Manafort. Unlike Paul Manafort, he's much younger. He has four kids. Three are so young, they don't know something is wrong with daddy. Mm. And they managed to shelter them. He, he just didn't have money. He didn't, he, he, the, he the moment he broke down when they doubled the charges after 117 days or 118 days that he was really conflicted, and then, you know, he had to surrender. So that's to plea or not to plea. That's very... So Bannon come with a... But he was just told this, this deal is this deal from, from, from the devil because you're told one thing, it never happened. And top attorneys who have de- dealt with other cases, famous cases, told me the same after I started the book. Basically... He was just told that he will have to, to testify very cruelly against Paul Manafort because mm-hmm. they wanted probably Paul Manafort to flip against Trump. And uh, the idea was it was supposed to be very cruelly. It's like two gladiators in ancient Rome. Okay. Uh, whoever killed the other survived. And, and they didn't even, uh, they refused to take the electrical bracelet from him until he delivered this cruel testimony. I mean, he had to be mm-hmm. with the electrical bracelet. It was all conditioned. Then he didn't want to testify anymore, right? So, you know, they imposed another trial, and then, of course, the big, big prize after Manafort, Roger Stone, and he refused, and they refused to sentence him before he testified. It was a deal, talking about quid pro quo. So that, right? that's why Rick Gates has not been sentenced until all these other, I mean, to uh, exactly. Stone. Exactly, and he had and, to deliver. Mm-hmm. So I asked Benon when I saw he's a key witness. I knew he was a key witness behind him. Said, well, unlike Rick, you are not under a plea deal. Why did you go and testify? Uh-huh. Benon is testing, texting me back. He says, well, Duff, what are you talking about? I mean, you can fight subpoenas so far, so much, but that is. Afterwards, you have to go. And there were text messages and emails from uh, Roger Stone to me. I had to tell the truth, right? Otherwise, I will go to jail. Got it. Mm-hmm. Then he says, but you understand what's going with Regates, right? And he knew, he knew that I was there. Uh, about huh. to, to come out with the book okay. because it was already promoted. And he said, 
It was, and I believe it. I said to Trump this weekend that as, as much as it came to Bannon, it makes a lot of sense, right? Okay. Uh, he said the whole deal was really to make sure that Trump perjured himself. So don't forget, when Rick Gates and Mike Flynn and, and all of them were being investigated, they were not allowed to talk to anybody. So they didn't know what the others said, and they made, and Trump was thinking they were sleeping against him. They were making them believe that Trump hates them because they feel that they betrayed him. Nothing was true because nobody, nobody's allowed to talk to nobody because otherwise it's obstruction of justice, right? Or, right. or, or you know, so, uh, tampering with witnesses. But, so, you're, but what you're saying is, I, let me make sure my listeners understood that you're saying the whole deal, they were trying, they wanted, they wanted uh, Gates, wanted everybody to feel like Trump they, uh, hated them because they, exactly. they were trying to get Trump in a perjury trap. Exactly. Like, you know, like Clinton and Monica, right? Bill Clinton and Monica. Uh-huh. Perjury is an easy thing. So when they asked Gates about the conversation with Roger Stone, that Roger Stone called Donald Trump while they were on the way to LaGuardia Airport in, uh, in uh, New York, Okay. Rick, Rick was his in. They knew that. They had Roger Stone logs, don't forget. AT&T and, and Verizon, everybody has to give your telephone logs, as you saw a few days ago with Adam Schiff, right? And, and right. they had everybody's logs. They knew that uh, Roger Stone called Roger, uh, you know, Donald Trump when he was on his way to the airport. They knew how long they talked. And, of course, they knew, for, they assumed that uh, he only talked about WikiLeaks because they knew that that's the only way you could get Donald Trump attention. It was known in the in the campaign, right? So they knew Rick Gates was in the car. They already told Rick, "Hey, we know that he talked to uh, to uh, you know to Roger Stone about WikiLeaks, and we know that uh, Roger Stone was telling everybody because there were text messages and emails from Roger Stone. It was a bit unpredictable. Oh, I know what's coming, but more coming. So they knew that. So they wanted Rick Gates, who, who said that. In under pressure in the Mueller report, in in the the Mueller report uh, publishes it, but nobody read the Mueller report because it's the worst. The worst. <laughs> it's a, it's slow ever. read. It's so boring, right? So they wanted it to say it in court under oath. So for that reason, the whole show. Now, why? Because by the time they knew what Rick Gates is saying, and Manafort said dissimilar things, but Rick Gates was with Trump, right? Uh-huh. By the time they knew what he said, they already had something that you and I and Rick Gates and Bannon and, and anybody else, we did not know what they had. They had the written answers from Donald Trump to the written questions of uh, Robert Mueller or Mo Weissman, right? No, they asked, right. did, you, did you discuss with Roger Stone or with any, or any of your team discuss with Roger Stone the WikiLeaks stolen emails, right? Donald Trump said, uh, to my recollection, I did not talk to Roger Stone, and I don't recall that any of my team did, right? Okay. Great. They had this answer. So then they wanted Rick Gates in court, under oath, and they knew it would make headlines because, you know, I mean, the key witness, it's a court, all the journalists were there, a uh, very public trial, especially with somebody which loves publicity like Roger Stone. They wanted Rick Gates to say, yes, he got the call from Roger Stone, and yes, they, Roger Stone, it's true, he did talk to him about WikiLeaks, and when he finished the conversation, he said, Roger said that we are going to get another bunch from WikiLeaks, which is good for us. Now, I mean, that's the whole perjury that Bannon suggests, that the whole Roger Stone big trial and the 20 agent and the whole thing about lying to Congress and all that, 
was really too tepid. And now you'll see what happened. They will try to edit, to add an article to the impeachment perjury because of that. So Rick's gate was used. Basically, they knew already the whole information. And he's under plea deal. If, if he wouldn't testify, he would never be sentenced. Uh, it so happened what happened to Mike Flynn. He came to a sentencing a year ago, and the judge threw the book at him and said, you have to, to collaborate in another, uh, another trial or two before mm-hmm. I would be willing to consider it. And now, because he, he didn't uh, collaborate in one of the trials they wanted, they are considering to make him a hostile witness. You, he may go to jail. You understand that? So right. it's a very, very, very... Uh, the only thing between... <laughs> the only thing that you and I can just um, wave it is think, you know... Uh, I mean, I've been seeing Trump right now uh, since this, uh, you know, uh, Mueller investigation and uh, afterwards impeachment every few weekends. And uh, sometimes uh, you remember things that I'm surprised, you know, like, oh, my God. I mean, how could this... All, everything which is going... And sometimes, you know, uh, like this weekend with all the pressure, I had to remind him that the woman that I'm telling her that I want to match make a friend of ours to a famous actor, what do you mean? We talked about it yesterday, right? I was in Palm Beach in the front pages because I'm bringing my friend Roseanne Barr uh, to a victory party of Trump. Last year I brought John Voight. Okay. And it's front pages, they showed it to him uh, a day before. He was so happy. He talked to me about Roseanne and John. I had to remind him the next day with all the pressure he's going to a NATO meeting in, in London, that yeah. the impeachment. He has 50 things. So he said, I didn't, I don't recall uh, any conversation with Roger Stone about WikiLeaks. He probably doesn't recall it. How can he? He was campaigning sometime in three, four states in one day. Yeah, and, but on that, but they're saying that Rick Gates was in the car, went, uh, in the vehicle with president of candidate trump at that point when roger stone called is that that's what the uh, that's what they say that was the big thing now it's also mentioned in the uh, oh daphne i gotta stop you right there and uh, we have got to just finish this program up next week so now you gotta listen to doc holiday's rock splitting politics next week to hear what daphne had to say and follow up she has some great things to say and following up and so we will see you next week and tell your friends and neighbors about doc holiday's rock splitting politics if you enjoyed this radio interview with daphne barack then by all means send out this link and we'll continue to grow our audience across america and even around the world like i said we've got friends in new zealand now we got friends in other countries are listening to us uh, so keep listening to doc holiday's rock splitting politics And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week.